You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Manning on fourth down. Manning pulls the trigger. One on one. Lewis! Oh, incredible! Roger Lewis! Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan. Hola, Grump. Nice to be talking about actual football games again, as opposed to just whining about what happened last year or, you know, praying for the future. So nice to actually watch a game this weekend and we get the chance to actually talk about it. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And while we're talking about it, be sure to listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, Type in Just Giants, subscribe to us there, and you'll get all of our shows whenever they are uploaded. Um, Also... Twitter. I'm at football underscore grump. And I'm at the cranky fan. Uh, follow the grump, you know, especially during games. He does a good job of uh, live tweeting during games and stuff. His insights, his pissed offness, you know, and everything in between. So he's a good follow. Oh, thanks. And follow yeah. the cranky fan. He's really good at interacting with other people. It's uh, usually pretty <laughs> witty. So. Um, so we're going to resurrect what we've done all of last year. Uh, we kind of went off the rails last year because the entire season did. So we all crashed and burned together. <laughs> But um, one of our things for post-game analysis was the stars and farts of the game. So, yeah, we're going to jump right into that. But the important part to remember is that though we have football to talk about, we are still talking about preseason, and we should not be overreacting to anything. Yeah, let's – for the next month, let's not get into the mindset of who won, who lost – you know, what does this mean? Who's starting? Who's not starting? Was this draft pick a bust? Re-ex- you know, recalibrate our expectations, any of that stuff. What you are watching on Thursday night and for the next three weeks are glorified scrimmages where people are training and practicing. There is no game planning. There is, you know, they're going into next week's game pretty much the same way they went into last Thursday night's game. You know, you're going to see base defenses, base you know, base play calling. So don't get into that trap of becoming the Monday morning quarterback who calls up the fan and wants to blow everything up and fire, you know, Gettleman and fire Shermer and fire everybody. Just enjoy watching a glorified practice and then hold your overarching opinions until we get into week 5, 10, 15, end of season. Yeah, it's important to remember that it's preseason, and it's preseason for everybody. It's preseason for the officials, too. I know that, that um, the hooting and hollering for all the, the new helmet rule and all that stuff, it's preseason all around. I, there was a drunk guy puking in the bathroom. The credit card machine wouldn't work at the thing. I was 10 minutes late to the game and missed the opening drive, and my <laughs> ticket would scan at the gate. So, I mean— you know- Hey Grump, that's not a uh, that's not a preseason mistake being late. That's a rookie mistake. No, that's I brought my mother to the game. Oh, you <laughs> you bought Mama Grump for the first time. Shout uh, out to shout out to Mama Grump. We're we're gonna jump right into our stars and farts of the game. But for me, farts are people who really disappointed me and didn't do much else. Stars are people who impressed me and didn't do much else. I'm not gonna meddle around with the in betweens and. Guys who looked okay, but then not great other times. That's more regular season shit. Um, So I'm going to jump right into it. My biggest star of this game was the entire defensive line. First team, second team, third team, didn't matter. 
B.J. Hill, Snacks, and uh, Dalvin Tomlinson dominated the line of scrimmage. Cleveland had no chance to run the ball, and it didn't matter what quarter it was, uh, who was in the backfield, whether it was a very high-round draft pick or if it was a stud from last year. It really, truly didn't matter. Um, and, you know, we could talk all day about how important that is. Yeah, and the big thing we're looking for, we talked about all offseason, was how this defensive line needs to develop depth. They need to develop a rotation system so Snacks isn't playing 95% of the snaps every single game, and by November, he's gassed. We, we need to have, you know, the key to this defense, especially when there's a lot of questions about the secondary, which we'll get into later on in this show, we need to be able to stop the run. We need to put up a, a, a wisp of a pass rush, and not just from the same three guys over and over again. So, you know, again, very tiny sample size, one preseason game, but very encouraging to see so far. I think on this show, I am going to do something a little different. You know, again, because it's preseason, I'm going to give out anti-stars and anti-farts, things that, you know, the Monday morning caller on the fans, you know, the first one to be excited about and the first one to be pissed off about. So I think I'm going to approach this a little differently because this is preseason. All right. All right. Um, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give an anti-fart to Davis Webb. Okay. I mean, I know next to everybody you know, soiling their shorts about the Saquon Barkley run and thinking all of a sudden we have the next Jim Brown. I think everybody is ready to send Davis uh, to the trash can and say, I think the letters is a good shot to be the backup. Yes, he looked terrible. Yes, he looked nervous. Just remember something, though. Last year was basically wasted by this coaching staff with him. He is pretty much still a rookie. It's a new system he's learning. Um, this organization, from ownership, GM, and coach, decided two things. Eli Manning is good enough to be the quarterback for this team for 2018 and hopefully 2019. They also think that Davis Webb is good enough to at least to be prepared to be his heir apparent. It doesn't guarantee anything, but... That's why they did not draft a quarterback with the second pick in the draft. You only have so many op uh, opportunities to draft a franchise quarterback. They opted not to for those two reasons. Now, having said that, they are not all of a sudden going to deviate from that plan. And that plan even includes Davis Webb being the backup this year. No matter how shitty he looked in one individual game of, you know, I don't even know how many snaps he had, 30 snaps maybe in this game. So... As bad as he looked, he is being groomed for short-term to be the backup of this team and long-term to have at least the look-see to be the starting quarterback of this team going forward. Those are all solid points, and I'm going to piggyback off of you. And um, I think it's important, like we said, not to overreact to shit. And this was... This was probably the biggest overreaction, and then the second biggest was Saquon Barkley overreacting to that. But I gave Davis Webb a fart, but it's not its not to the level that I was hearing on Twitter and everything else. Um, I gave him a fart because it looked like nerves to me. Every throw he threw was to a 10-foot re receiver. Um, and I'm disappointed that he let, his he let the game get too big to him, big for him. I'm confident that by game four of this preseason, we're not going to be seeing that kind of shit. 
But nevertheless, I was mm-hmm. disappointed nonetheless. But here's the thing, though. His time is – even if he shined, let's say he was fantastic. Let's say he was as great as everybody made out Baker Mayfield to be, more so than he actually was Thursday night. What does that ultimately change in the grand scheme of things from front office perspective? I mean the fans can say whatever they want. It doesn't matter. He's still you know, going to be the backup quarterback. It's not like, well, he was so good. Maybe he'll challenge Eli or something. It's No, it's – so yeah, I, I agree with you. It's just it was disappointing. You wanted for his own confidence. Yeah, I don't think anybody who matters has any different opinion of Davis Webb at eleven o'clock on Thursday night than they did at seven o'clock Thursday night. Now this is a a pattern we see for all four preseason games, and a pattern if Eli gets hurt in week nine and has to play three or four games or finish a season, and he looks like someone who has deer in the headlights and poop in his pants that calls for a organizational reevaluation and also to be very frank if that does that situation happens we are probably drafting pretty high up <laughs> so you might have an opportunity to reassess we need to do draft time but for right now it was just disappointing but i'm ready to move on to next week and not even worry about it going forward i agree yeah i want to give a non-star as i'm doing my anti-stars with this uh to kyle aletta okay where you know yeah he looked pretty Decent out there, but to me, I am an eye test person a lot too, and I just don't see a guy where if you need someone to come in and play three, four, or five games to be a starting quarterback in this league. And if we're not talking, you know, if we're so if we're not really think, in my opinion, and I said this you know, when the draft happened, and even just watching when we were at camp last week, if he's not in your plan to be your starting quarterback, and he's just a backup. Well, then whatever. I, I don't know. I just I think people got a little too excited from what they saw. I think part of it was an, an overreaction what they saw with Davis Webb. But I don't think there should be any quarterback battle for the backup quarterback. I think they have to say this is our quarterback, you know, Davis Webb. This is the way it is. You know, if Eli goes down and we've said this since we started this show, season's over. It doesn't matter who's coming in. Davis Webb and and Lyleta both have the same amount of experience and greenness that this team will tank if they're in there. So I, I just – I think it's going to be a, a – it's a non-story that's going to be trumped up by fans and Twitter maniacs and everything. But I, I just um, – it didn't mean much to me what I saw. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's funny to me because – we were looking at different things from Kyle Laletta. You were saying that you wanted to see the mechanics. You wanted to see the throws. And, yeah. you know, to me, his mechanics, his throws, they were what looked pedestrian. But what he did look was what I was looking for. He looked comfortable. He he did look like he was in command. He didn't feel like the game. They had opposite problems, Davis Webb and Kyle Aletta. Davis Webb mm-hmm. has all the tools. He looked uncomfortable. Kyle Aletta has you know, lackluster tools, but looked very comfortable and was able to move around the pocket, make some throws happen, but they weren't pretty. Um, But, but, but but just as much as I'm not down on Davis Webb, I'm not up on Kyle Lillard. I don't care. He's he's not quarterback number two to me right now. He looked like a guy that was a quarterback of a mid to lower tier power five conference. And as everybody knows in college football, that drop off from the elite quarterbacks and the very good quarterbacks, it's a very high bar, and it drops off really quickly. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Um, it looked know, like he could have been playing for somebody better than Richmond, but that, 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 that's yeah, not saying much. That's not the NFL. Um, I'm going to give it another star. 
this one's going to Pat Shermer's offense. I know I'm not really picking players here. I, I do have a player, I promise. But Pat Shermer's Pat Shermer's offense, I think I mean we could we could talk about Barkley and the offensive line looked a lot better. I think it's just a simpler, more straightforward, traditional NFL offense. And I think, you know, the Barkley run, we had two tight ends in, split to the right on I what I'm sure most people would argue is the weaker side of the offensive line and we busted a 40-yard it, it that shit didn't happen last year. It just didn't. But well, and let's talk about that sentence in more detail. Two guys lined up on the right side. Something, you know, we we saw so much base 11 last year we were we were throwing up. It was so predictable. Preseason games can be vanilla without being just base do yeah. it. We saw we saw some twelve. We saw some twenty-one. We saw lots of different formations. We saw two tight ends. We saw lined up on both sides. We saw uh, you know, an H back for some things. We saw people all over the place. Those are things. Even though the play calling might have been vanilla, not game planned, it does not mean we just ran the same stuff over and over again. So, I agree with you. I, I definitely think that um, the offense deserves a star just for. The subtle things that it may not be something that the last guy in the upper deck might have noticed, but you know, we saw it for sure, and it definitely says, okay, this is something different. I really think that the biggest addition to this team in the offseason is going to be the installation of Pat Shermer's offense. Uh, you know, whether or not he's going to be a good head coach with his time management, etc., that remains to be seen. I'm not jumping on that ship yet because I haven't seen it. Yeah, but. We don't we don't know how he is in the locker room, how he handles his players. Those are all things that are components of coaching. Um, but you're right, though. Just from what you can really get some gleaming out of in a small sample size is the first preseason game is exactly what Grump's talking about and exactly what I was excited to see. Uh, didn't have didn't necessarily have the fireworks or even like the super production, but again, the attempt to do something different. And a harbinger of what we're going to try to do going forward gets you excited for you know the next preseason game and slowly getting closer to the opening day. Yeah, I'm going to give one more star out, and this is a guy that I I wanted to see. I I really tried to focus on, and I was surprised at how impressed I was. And it was undrafted free agent cornerback Grant Haley. Grant Haley isn't very tall, which is probably why he wasn't drafted because he was outstanding at Penn State. And he was outstanding in this game. Antonio Callaway played pretty terrible in this game. He was shut down by twos and specifically Grant Haley, who should by all rights be dominated by a guy who is heralded as a first-round talent. This undrafted free agent corner who's like 5'9 or something shut him out. Callaway's only touchdown, his his I think his only catch maybe, um, came uh, when Leonard Johnson was covering him. And even then, the coverage wasn't bad. He didn't get separation. It was just a really good throw. So, you know, that's a shout-out to him. I know the backup defensive back spot is is a bit of a mess. He deserves to move up to the twos, I think. I think the the starting quarterback, quarterback situation is a mess, too. I don't think uh, Eli Apple didn't have a very good game either. So. He did not. Yeah, so I mean, really, if you are somebody like Haley who's has low expectations and you know just kind of an undrafted free agent, 
this is in such flux right now in disarray that he might, you know, keep impressing the coaches not only in these four preseason games, but what he does on the practice field during during the week. He might find himself with a roster spot on this team. Yeah, I, I would think so. Um, he's got to keep it up, though. Yeah. Uh, I am going to actually give a real star um, to Rojas, the kicker. Go for it. I think I think this is a situation where, you know, last year he was brought in, booming leg, but was a rookie. And it was one of those, well, let him battle and we'll see what happens. Um, I don't think as much pressure was on him as there is this year. Um, he needed to nail that 42-yard field goal, I think, for getting some of the pressure off of him, getting, you know, the fan base off his ass. And I think that was a critical kick that he hit. And he, he, he bombed it. So I, I, I'm going to give him a star for, you know, kickers don't get that many opportunities in these type of games. Usually the offenses are pretty, you know, you don't, you don't see major shootouts and seven extra points and 12 field goals. So he took advantage of the situation and he hit it. Now I'm glad for him because I think uh, we have a lot of unknowns in special teams right now. And um, he's not going to get the latitude that he did last year. You know, if he has a poor season, he won't be back next year. There's a million guys waiting to uh, to go out and kick in this league, so I will give him a star. Yeah, and I'm I'm not ready to give him a star, but I I, I think it's important that the punting of Riley Dixon was pretty good. It was at sometimes good, it was at sometimes just average, which is so much better than what we had last year with Brad Wing. I mean, that's sad, but it's yeah, just Im- I agree. I'll, I'm just mentioning it because I thought it was important. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna give one last fart though, and it's to John Halapio. Um, I didn't think he played particularly poorly. He didn't look so hot out there in either run blocking or pass protection. He had a really big whiff on an A-gap blitz, and you know he, he blocked. He couldn't decide between two guys and missed both of them, and Eli just went down like a sack of bricks. I, I was disappointed with that. Yeah, I know. A lot of his uh, the hype he was getting in, in the story was because of his story. You know, he was kind of out of the league. He was selling cars. Um, gets an opportunity to get on the roster last year and all before you know it, switches positions and is fighting and at, and at times is the on the first team practicing as center. Um, but the bar was pretty low. I mean, uh, we all like Brett Jones. We really think he's a real NFL starting center in this league. So that battle is going to go on throughout training camp, I think. Um, uh, the question I have for you, Grump, is you being there um, – what do you think of Eric Flowers on the right side? What was your uh, initial thoughts? It was not an embarrassment. Um, he had his ups and downs, which is why he's neither a star or a fart for me. But, again, we've talked about this. Um, all he needs to be is average out there, we think, right? If he can be average, it's such an improvement over what we had last year. Then, you know, we can work with that. This team can win with that. I mean, we we've talked about it that – Eli just needs extra time in the pocket. He needs to not be running for his life. Um, he didn't embarrass himself. I, I mean, if, if if Eric Flowers was a name you've never heard before, and if you were under a rock for the last two years, you would not have focused on the right tackle as being a problem. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I think going back to your point about the coaching, you know, game planning and uh, scheming and all that stuff, we will see some help for these guys when help is necessary. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be given to Eric Flowers every single play. If there's a mismatch where there's a defensive end on the other side for Nate Solar, you might see more chipping on the left side to help out as well. 
So I think you're going to see a coaching staff that's going to be more prepared and react better to what's actually happening. So Eric Flowers isn't on an island by himself on the right side. Or if there's an injury to the left side, it's bounced back to the left side or something. So um, he did his job, I think, but I think we're going to also going to do our best to put him in the best opportunity to succeed. Yeah. And, and just for that re- along those lines, we're going to do our best, you and I, to not, you know, I'm not going to give him a star for being average, but I'm also not going to ride his ass for the one play where he gives up a sack. You know, it, it, yeah. it happens. It happens to Joe Thomas. It happens to everybody. So, yeah, you know, you know something and maybe, you know, stars and farts are a sliding scale. Mm-hmm. I actually thought about giving Flowers a star because I didn't really think about him when he was out there. I mean, granted, it was a very short sample size. It was only a couple of series. But for what the expectation is and what, you know, what we expected him to do and what his role is going to be, we saw what we wanted to see. And to me, that's something that's a it's a moral victory. There are moral victories in August. There are none in September. He can be, you know, he could be just fine on this offensive line. I mean, don't worry don't look at every play, every snap, every series, every game as a referendum on Eric Flowers is a bust as a first-round pick. He's not a bust. Let's worry about 2019. Are they going to re-sign around? Don't worry about that shit for every play. You know, take things in the moment. I think people worry too much about that type of stuff. They, everything has to be a referendum on the state of the world on every snap, and that's not the case. I think that's pretty much all I want to do to recap the game. I, I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it this one time only. The winner of this game <laughs> means nothing, guys. The winner of every preseason game literally means nothing. The fact that I even read it once that we lost to the Cleveland Browns is, is uh, my, my head right, starting let, to hurt a little bit there. All right, let's do football 101. First of all, every team is different from last year to this year. I mean, how many people at the start of the 2017 season had the L.A. Rams in the playoffs? Raise your hands if you did. Bullshit. You did not. We can see you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying Cleveland's going to the playoffs this year, but every team, you can't do that. This isn't the NFL of the 1950s where you know, the San Francisco 49ers blew for 30 years or the Steelers sucked for 30 years. I mean— Come on, guys. It's just like the silliest things. I mean, the only reason they even keep scoring these games, I think, is because they charge admission to them. And they, you know, they, we have to pay for tickets. And we'll remind you all as well, in the last two Super Bowl years, the Giants were 0-8 in the preseason. Huh. 0-8. Didn't try. Didn't try to win. They worked on the main goals of preseason. Getting your reps in getting your rookies getting their feet wet in live game situations, and talent evaluation. We get to games three and four. Which third-string quarterback am I keeping? Who's the backup quarterback going to be? All these different things. That's what these games are for. No one gives a shit if anybody's in the stands watching. Nobody gives a shit if it's on TV. Nobody cares. And, you know, they're not, they're not going to – Deviate from what they're – and these coaching staffs, the good ones, have everything scripted, what they want to do. They're not going to deviate that to win some game. Assholes like fucking Rex Ryan you know, get their quarterbacks hurt because we wanted to win the game in preseason. Remember that? 
anybody on Twitter, you know, who gets at me at the cranky fan or football underscore grump and says, is worried about the record in preseason or we didn't look that good. Or if we can't beat the Browns, do me a favor. Just don't follow me anymore or just block me because I don't even want to deal with you because you have a football IQ of, of a knoll or something. Well, you know, as you touched on the, uh, the goals of preseason in, in the spirit of talent evaluation, let's just go over the wide receiver depth and the tight end depth real quick. This is probably for the most part, the easiest thing here. Um, yeah. Our one, two wide receivers are written in stone, right? Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard. Number three, I think, is probably written in pencil, and it looks like it's Cody Latimer. After that, I think, is where it gets interesting, right? Well, it does and it doesn't. Um, I think you're going to see more on this team, thinking about like your normal base offenses, you're going to see more two tight end sets. You're going to see more two running back sets, potentially. You're going to see, you know, an H-back or a fullback. So I don't think it's as critical as it was in past years with this team. But for depth purposes, who that fourth receiver? Um, who, who, who do you think as of right now? I'm going to say that there's maybe a fourth, there, there's a fourth, maybe a fifth wide receiver spot. It depends on how they view Evan Ingram and what they want to do with him. But for that fourth or fifth spot, I would say that there's four guys that are neck and neck right now. And it's Khalif Raymond, Hunter Sharp, Roger Lewis, and Russell Shepard. Those are my four that I think are really fighting. I know people are up on Amba Edatewo or whatever. Um, I, I'm not seeing it. I think he's he's got some time. You know, he's going to be a practice squad dude. I think. And so it's for me, it's those four guys, and it's going to come down to what they do on specials. And all four of them are good at special teams. Um, they're all good receivers. For, for depth purposes. I think all of these guys are pretty good at being wide receivers, and I think it's what's going to separate them are their contribution on specials. And they all have done pretty good on specials. Those are my four that I think are fighting for one or two spots. I'm not sure right now if I had to pick who had the edge, I would say it's Khalif Raymond and Russell Shepard. That's who has the edge, but it's really close. I thought it was interesting because didn't Hunter Sharp run with the ones in the beginning? He did. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was interesting where, you know, they wanted to see what he can do with the first-team offense. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy like Russell Shepard, you know, I, I remember him back from the recruiting days, you know, following him in college where this guy was the number one overall recruit in the country in 2009, I think it was. He was a quarterback, went to LSU. One of these guys who's just kind of like, he doesn't have a position. He's just a great athlete, but doesn't, you know, I think he's someone who's on the outside looking in. I mean, I think as of right now, I would say it's probably Sharp and I think Raymond. But for the the reasons you said with Roger Lewis for special teams, it would not shock me if he did kind of hang around and become, you know, the uh, the Mark Herzlet cockroach on the offense. And let's not forget that he did have his moments as a wide receiver last year too. People people tend to remember the bad and forget some of the good, but. Mm-hmm, He's mm-hmm. truly not awful. You just don't want him running with the ones, which again, which is not what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, then the question is, if you don't want him running with the ones, if he's purely just, you know, a backup guy. I mean, are you comfortable if you go to three wideouts having Hunter Sharp there? I mean, are you comfortable with Cleve Freeman? You know, are you comfortable with Russell Shepard? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's those are the questions. I mean, again, we're looking at this. The wide receiver depth isn't great. 
Until we see Odell Beckham play, we're hoping he's back to 100%. The expectation of a guy that's the fourth receiver or the fifth receiver is going to play, I think, is a little greater. Okay, yep. And it's in a scenario than just having a guy who's a body who's like, well, his special teams value is so great. I think they need somebody. They, they Kid, you have to go out and play, and we are, we're counting on you. So, And I think Roger Lewis has kind of shown what his ceiling is. Yeah, I think so. But here's the thing, too. I think that we've talked about this other positions as well, that that fourth wide receiver may not be on this roster yet. Also true. That might yeah. that might be a guy that becomes available after the fourth preseason game because, you know, for salary cap reasons or just whatever, somebody might be pop available that's just like, you know, we'll take a chance on this guy to be our fourth receiver. Remember, we're not talking about a one or a two. We're talking about someone that we can, you know, if we're going to go to a forward wide receiver set or someone gets hurt, we feel comfortable can get out there. So, uh, Tight ends, I think, is a little bit easier. Um, the top three, I think, are really easy. It's just going to come down to whether or not they're going to keep two or three tight ends. I, I'm i leaning towards they're going to keep three. Um, but, I mean, this, this depends on things like how they view Shane Smith, how many wide receivers they want to keep, how they view Evan Ingram. Uh, so it is up in the air, but... You know, I think our one-two punch is going to be Ingram and Ellison. I think Jarrell Adams has shown enough to hang around as a three, but I, I'm not real high on him personally. Uh, in the game that I watched, I thought that Scott Simonson looked looked pretty okay. I mean, he reminds me of nothing more than Jake Ballard or Bear Pasco, but, you know, those guys were starters on a Super Bowl team, so... Uh, I think if I think if they are comfortable in Gerald Adams, they'll keep three tight ends. If not, I think they'll keep two. Yeah, I mean, my my only I, thing I, is I, if they yeah. view Ingram really as the three wide receiver more than fifty percent of the time, I think they're going to keep three. That's you know. Oh, then well, that also that, then you're right. Then it's all kind of interdependent on what they feel about the other how the wide receivers are going to shake exactly, out too. Yes. Do, are they are they getting are they going to keep a fourth? Wide receiver, because again, he's great in special teams. That's his value or someone that's really going to be part of the wide receiver core. Someone we can count on, we can plug in. So I I think that's definitely a, and also this, again, we go back to our theme for this episode. You're not seeing base 11, every single play you're seeing packages of different things, two tight ends, two tight ends on this side, you know, uh, a hybrid fullback, maybe a split back or something, doing something different Two two running backs back there. So, we were getting more and more multiple than we've been in the last couple of years. You know, we might want an extra body that can kind of fill one or two of those roles. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, and again, you know, Shane Smith factors into this. If they feel that he can fulfill some of the roles as a tight end, maybe they don't need to keep Jarrell Adams, even though they view Evan Ingram as you know a fifty percent wide receiver. It's it's all in how they view things and what the offense they have drawn up. I have him as a fringe prospect, but he's definitely, you know. He's, I, I think he's shown enough to be the backup. I think he's a smart guy. I think he's a decent blocker. He's a big body. He does have hands. My biggest problem with him is that he runs routes like a, I don't know, like a lummox. <laughs> I don't know where a lummox is, yeah. but that doesn't sound too good. <laughs> it's like a big, goofy oaf. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about Ben McAdoo. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, one last thing let's talk about. Let's talk about Saquon Barkley for a minute because uh, we are recording this on a Monday night and we got a little bit of a scare today mm-hmm. that uh, he went out for a pass. I think it was Kyle Leonard threw it maybe? Yep. 
and I uh, came down a little ginger, got some ice. Um, coaching staff said that the uh, very innocuous quote was tweaked his leg. We don't not, not that much concern, which always concerns me. So um, the types of things where you know people before you start to freak out about, oh, it shouldn't play in preseason or something. These guys are rookies. These guys have to play. And the, the potential for these type of injuries is out there. And it's just, you know, that's the risk. Um, what did you think, you know, before we talk about the injury, what did you think about what you saw from him Thursday night? Because it's obvious that's a big storyline, that one run. Uh, my thought was it looked like Le'Veon Bell a little bit the way he ran it. Like he does that patented kind of waits for half a second and then bursts. I, it looked like a very polished running back to me doing that thing. Uh, conspiracy cranky fan also thinks that that play was rigged to, to make it look good for the Giants and the league. But I'm also kind of a nutcase. I mean, that's that's an interesting theory. I, I find that a little bit hard to believe only because Greg Williams is the opposing defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm also crazy, too. So I don't you know, believe much I ever say. But it's the an interesting thing it, theory. I, I can't say no to that. I, it's, in terms of the way he ran on that run. Yes, I agree with you. He looked very polished. He he hit the hole. He did his own little shimmy to kind of completely had them misdirected. Uh, he he did a lot of stuff on his own to make that happen. Yeah. Um, for the night, I thought he looked okay. Um, of course, he looked he looked like a starter in this league. I, I don't want to say he looked okay, like whatever. But yeah, I'm not ready to you know give him a star because there were some other plays where I don't think he showed enough patience. I think he bounced outside too early and you could see on the replay that there actually was a hole opening up for him uh, well that's that was a knock on him you know in the in the pre-draft analysis so like there's something he needs to improve on it's so uh, you know not necessarily this bull that runs up the middle it's someone that does bounce outside quite a bit and you know in college you can do that and be very very successful but in the nfl these guys are pretty quick yeah so it's something he's gonna have to learn a little bit i, I will give a pass for things that didn't look so great in those other four runs. But, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, giving him yeah. a pass for that. That's fine. Um, yeah. I'm just saying, overall for the night, I thought he looked okay. He did He did some great things. He did yeah. some, you know, things that would, in a regular season game, would make me mad. Um, yeah. But, I, think he, I think he had a very similar game to what Baker Mayfield did, where people were going apeshit, and, you know, they have a new starting quarterback. It's like, yeah, you saw some nice plays, but he also was under 50% throwing, and lots of things have to be worked on, so... Yeah, I think they're both in the same boat where let's not go crazy and there's no saviors just yet based on what you saw for their limited time in their first game. Absolutely. Um, and, and circling back to Saquon's injury, it's concerning, um, but I am also, I don't know, I'm not going to lose my hat over it either. Uh, we'll see. I'd like to see him, if, if this were a week of regular practice, I would say I'd like to see him sit for a little bit and, you know, do some stuff, maybe the individuals, some light work. Now that, you know, they're traveling to Detroit for a joint practice, I think it's safer to just not have him do anything. Yeah, but see, that's the thing to me. It's like I'm not concerned about the injury necessarily, but the fact that he's going to miss some practice time. Yeah. Again, he's still a rookie yeah. and is as polished as we think he is. And, you know, you want to protect these guys. They are still learning the playbook. They are still learning how to play in the NFL, whether that's practice time. They have to learn how to practice. They have to learn all these different things. So 
you know, him missing this is important, you know, and I'd like to have him play all four preseason games because he, you know, he's, he's a green rookie. And that's a little, you know, disappointing for me that he's not going to get the, the maximum amount of practice and, and playing time that he would have under optimal conditions. Yeah, I agree. We'll see what he does tomorrow. I, I mean, we'll update this on Twitter. This, it's too much ifs for me to really comment on his, the nature of his injury now. That's, you know, a little bit of a hindrance. I mean, it's not going to hold him back the rest of the year, obviously, but it's like you want these guys to be as prepared as possible to go to war when the season starts. I agree. Well, that's all we've got for this week. It was actually kind of a mouthful. Next week... We will have our stars and farts from the Detroit Lions game, the only away game this preseason. Um, In the meantime, we'll have all your updates for practice and shit like that on Twitter. I'm at football underscore grump, and he is at the cranky fan. Um, I know I'll be sure to follow every practice daily and retweet things that I see I think are important. And if I see something that nobody's commenting on, I'll be the one to say it. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys are Yankee fans. I will be at Yankee Stadium this week to see my Tampa Bay Rays uh, continue to whip ass on the Yankees like they did the last series. So uh, if anybody's at the stadium and wants to say hi, come find me and uh, bring your A game. The only guy in the stands at the Rays. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. All right, everyone. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, also at JustGiantsPod, and be sure to subscribe to iTunes and SoundCloud um, so that you can get all these episodes without having to remember. Um, yeah, because I forget all the time. So Yeah. Um, a five-star review always helps, um, as well as word of mouth. So yeah. I mean, if you have friends that sit at a desk all day and need something to listen to and love Giants football, don't forget about us. Any of you marketing people want to work for us for free and get us sponsors, we'd be more than happy for you to do that too. So, All right, everyone. Go Giants! Go Giants.